Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of The Brown Print with me, Carrie Champion. And that's right. I said season two because this time around, there's a twist on The Brown Print. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some really accomplished people, folks you've seen, maybe some folks you've never heard of before, but they always have one thing in common, how they were able to come back. I want you to be inspired. I want you to see people who are just like me and you, and they figured it out. I hope they act as a guide. I hope you feel as if you're being mentored. I hope, in fact, that you feel like you're getting direction. Welcome to season two of The Brown Print, The Comeback. I've been told that I do blackface. (gasps) I take melanin shots to be black. Wow. I I tan, all types of crazy stuff. Um, And I think that's a big issue where people kind of get confused is that when you tell a Latino that uh, you are black, sometimes the confusion comes in when usually you know that black is Uh, African-American, Caucasian is white, and everything else, you're Latino. So you're like, no, I'm not black, I'm Latino. But Mm -hmm. it's stupid to have to explain my color because you can see it. Amara Lenegra does it all. She's a singer, dancer, actress, host, author, and just recently a new mom of twins. She's been in the entertainment business since she was a child, but received a huge platform when she joined the cast of VH1's Love & Hip Hop Miami in 2018. None of this, though, has come easy to Amara. She was raised by a single immigrant mother. She faced homelessness and constant criticism and colorism from her Dominican and Latino peers because of her mixed ethnicity. However, that still did not keep her down. She has overcome so much to find success. Today, she uses her voice to advocate for others, especially Afro-Latinos. Now, she addresses other hot-button issues on her new Fuse TV show, Don't Cancel Me. Sit back, relax, and listen up to this amazing woman's brown print and hear how Amara has overcome her struggles with conviction and grace to become her own person. Authenticity is the way. How are you? I am lovely. How about yourself? Okay, so Amara, let's start with dreams when you were a kid what was your dream what did you want to be I feel that a lot of people are born knowing what their purpose is and other people find out what the purpose is later on you know with life and I always knew I wanted to be a superstar I always knew I wanted to be an artist I always knew that I was meant to be on stages I was never shy I was very outspoken I was like four years old and I would love to just model for everyone in the grocery store like I was just that kid. Um, my biggest dream back then was to buy a, my mom a limo and a mansion. One of the things that I always talk about is that I'm so grateful that my mother actually supported me, you know? She um, wasn't the type of mom that was like, well, you need to study this or you need to do this. Or it was like, if this is what you really want to do, then let me expose you to it. So I, you know, she gave me, put me on singing classes, dancing classes, modeling, every tap, jazz, everything you can think of. And um, I'm grateful because thanks to her support, you know, I'm I'm Amara Negra today. As you get older, and I say this a lot of times, people, or you grow up rather, life humbles you. People are judging you based on who you are, what you look like. I think one of the things I thought was very interesting is that we don't talk about colorism. You're in a world in which, first of all, you're stunning. Uh, Thank you. Talk to me about the transition of knowing you had this spirit of you wanted to be a star. You're in a singing group, but you're being told that you don't matter. How does that play into into the person that we see today and also into in your in, into your insecurities? I think that um, and I always have to go back to my mother because my mother has played such an essential role in my life 
you know, my uh, my mama was made sure that my self-esteem was as high as it could be. I don't think that a lot of parents really understand and realize that when you're growing up, your biggest idol are your parents or are the people that are raising you or the people that you're connected with. And when you know that you are loved, that you're cared for, and they make you, they reconfirm and assure you of your beauty, of how smart you are, of how talented you are and how beautiful your melanin is and the texture of your hair. When they're consistently telling you these things, when you go out to the world, and you would get some of those negativities, those that those negative comments or whatever. Um, you just feel like, well, my mom told me that da, 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 and you just feel confident about it. Mm-hmm. I, I came into a world, uh, the, an industry where there's a lot of wolves, but my mom kind of prepared me to, to deal with certain things. However, I'm only but human. And of course, you know, growing up, um, some comments were very hurtful and it was hard to deal with that at that time. Um, I didn't really understand a thousand percent the depth of what racism was. I understood that I was different. I understood there were certain comments of like, you know, for being black, you're pretty or, you know, whatever. You need to do something with your hair or whatever stupid comments they may have made. But later on, when I got like into middle school, high school, that's when I really understood. Whoa. But in the industry, they definitely make you feel it. They de- especially in the Latino industry, um, where there really isn't a lot of Afro Latinos, where there really isn't a lot of Black people exposed. Yes, talk to me about being an Afro Latino, Latina in your case. Let me tell you something. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of everything to be the one person amongst many. Because I definitely give, give credit to uh, people before me and other great, you know, activists who have been, you know, outspoken about the injustices and issues that we have in our community. But in the beginning, I was the one who got all the backlash. You know, mm. I was the one who everybody pointed fingers at. That's accurate too. That is also accurate. But so, what is the backlash you face when you do talk about being an Afro Latina? It's just all the responsibility because you have to be so careful in what you say, how you say it, or people feel that, you know, you're representing a whole community of people who ha- who've been voiceless for the longest time. Um, and it's like, um, you know, you're black when it's convenient or you're Latina when you're convenient or you can't be Dominican because Dominicans are Latino. So you can't be black. And I'm consistently having to explain how black people weren't just dropped off as slaves in America. The world, it's very big. You know what I'm saying? Now, have they shown them to you or do you know about them or have you done your research or whatever? Maybe not. But there isn't, especially in the Latino, there isn't a Latin country that doesn't have Black people. It doesn't have Afro-Latinos. It's just that there's a prototype of what Latinas look like. The Latinas are the exotic. You know, they're the, with all due respect, amazing, beautiful, talented women that I admire, but they are the Jennifer Lopez. They are the Salma Hayek. They are the, you know, Blase Blase. And it's like, wait a second. Uh, what about us? We are all, there's more of us than there are of them. It's just that these are the ones that they have chosen to expose as Latinas. So you are arguably, to me, one of the most well-known that speaks as an Afro-Latina. In, my, in the world of sports in which I, which I primarily work in, there was Brian Flores who talked about being an Afro-Latino. And it's so unknown to people. So talk to me about, as you start making this transition into stardom, and then also saying, I'm gonna wear an Afro. I am gonna be described as what I am. And then I'm gonna tell you about it. That is a beautiful thing. 
now that you spoke about sports, by the way, sports is one of the industries that has like the most Afro-Latinos. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, we can go anywhere from baseball to basketball. Baseball, I, it's heavy in baseball, but no one even highlights it. There, It's almost as if, and maybe you can help me with this, culturally, are you all taught not to speak up? Because I'm like, why do I have to search to find people who are bold and proud about being Afro-Latina or Latino? I would say a lot of a lot of uh, Latinos don't feel the need to say that they are black because I guess that it is obvious. Right. It's like mm. you see us. The 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 division between Caucasians and African-Americans, for example, is heavier here in our country. Since there's so many of us will say we're Dominicans, for example, we're Dominicans. We don't necessarily have to specify I am a black Dominican because we all look the same for the most part. And if you might be a little bit lighter or whatever the case may be, we'll still say we're Dominicans. We see the difference. We know the difference is there, but I would say we don't necessarily talk about it as much as you feel the impact here. And um, and then something else that I realized during my activism, a lot of Latinos don't consider themselves to be black. Mm. because they have been so brainwashed or told or whatever. You are Latino, right? Mm -hmm, You're Latino, mm -hmm. that's it. Black to the Latinos means African-American. They don't see it as a color thing. It's like, oh, black? Oh, no, those are African-Americans. Latino, that's us, even if they look like me. And then here's where I come. I'm like, hello, wait a second. We're all black. You see what I'm saying? Just because you don't speak English doesn't mean that they're black and you're just Dominican. You are Afro-Latino. There's black heritage. There's black, there's African in your blood, in your DNA. Like I get aggravated sometimes explaining it to people that look exactly like me and still will say, no, I'm not. And I'm like, Hmm. you have to like deprogram slash educate slash inform. And I'm like, all the information that you need is in the palm of your hands. We just choose not to use it. I think, uh, well, as far as the known part, I became a big figure in my country, even though I was born and raised in Miami, but I went to the Dominican Republic with a song called I. It became one of the biggest songs in the Dominican Republic. I toured all over Europe. I toured all over South America. I, like It was like a really big thing. And then I came back into the States. Um, and then, you know, I went through like a management label situation where I sat down for a while and um, the opportunity of Love and Hip Hop came, you know, a couple of years later, later on with once I got with a new team. And I went to an audition because they were going to start the new, you know, franchise in Miami. I went to audition. They were like, just be yourself. I was myself. And then they were like, you know what? We like your personality. We like what you bring. We would love to have something different on the show. Love and Hip Hop did give me an opportunity. It gave me a platform to talk about who I was as a person, my my struggle, my my music, my everything. And in that process, I had the opportunity of talking about, you know, uh, colorism and all the racial issues that we have in my community that nobody ever talks about as if we don't exist. It happened naturally on the show with another, you know, another talent who decided to kind of give like a a comment that was inappropriate, but I thought that it was great because that was really how he felt and it was the truth. And pe- and just like him, there's a lot of people that felt the same way. For our listeners, can you tell us what happened? By the way, Young Hollywood and I, we're good now. We're in a better space now. 
because people make mistakes. You know, they learned their lesson. I think everybody got on him for it. And, you know, he did his research afterwards. But um, during the first season of Love and Hip Hop Miami, Young Hollywood pretty much, you know, said that in order for me to be elegant, I needed to get rid of my Afro because my Afro wasn't, you know, elegant. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't attractive. And he said that I needed to be less um, less Macy Gray and more Beyonce or whatever, somewhere amongst those lines. And the people obviously took it very wrong. Um, he's a Puerto Rican and he had his own vision and perspective of, you know, what being uh, Afro-Latina is. And I understood and I understood later on in, um, as a producer, as someone in the industry, he understood that in order for me to be successful in the Latino market, I would have to clean up a little bit, you know, and cleaning up meant, you know, changing my style, changing my hairstyle specifically. So I could be more visually attractive to that audience, because the truth is that um, the more authentic you are to your race, to who you are, the more unattractive it can be a little bit on that side. Wait, 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 wait. Let's don't let's not let's not rush over that. Right. Because that's important what you just said. Yeah. There's a truth to being very true to your culture that Mm -hmm. does not appeal to the mainstream and whatever the hell the mainstream is, because they they are the minority. Right. Right. And it's unattractive to people. The more that you you sit in to who you you are and how you and you're true, it makes you so unattractive or it makes people so uncomfortable or it makes you less desirable. For you to say that just so very casually, I want you to know that's very powerful. It's not something yeah. that you should dismiss. But yet and still, like the few of us that are out here, and because it's not that many, you were like, I'm sorry, I disagree. Why? <laughs> right. Right? So you have what I call this intestinal fortitude to say, if, if it takes me longer to be more successful or considered more beautiful, so be it. Right. Uh, I don't know if I can curse, but I'm just going to Absolutely. Be it's a bitch. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's hard because you consistently, you know, you're being judged based off how you look before mm-hmm. people actually bother to get to know who you are or listen mm-hmm. to your music or see how talented you are or how mm-hmm. educated you are. Mm-hmm. So you're consistently mm-hmm. on defense mode. And, and it's true that I'm seeing it this way because I noticed and I know how my Afro... Um, made people feel very uncomfortable. And to me, it was just like, my hair doesn't define who I am. It's just part of me. But it's interesting to me to see that how my hair, my, my the texture of my hair and the way that my hair is shaped can be so controversial and could be such a topic of conversation wherever I go. Mind you, if I were to just put on a wig, like I have one right now and just change it up, how, oh, okay, well, you're, we can let you pass. Same. And that really bothered me. And it made me feel even more rebellious towards like, now I don't want to change it. I don't want to get rid of it. So I see that there's a difference. And part of the reason why I became an activist was because I really wanted to also see uh, a difference. I wanted to know that I was making a difference in the Mm -hmm. industry. And I wanted to see it happen also in the Latino market. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that a lot of times when uh, Latinos, we talk about our struggles, uh, the American market may not understand it or see it as much because you know, black people have their own networks. You know what I'm saying? Or you have your own platforms or you have movies where it's just black people or you have Latinos. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. Afro Latinos, we don't have that. We've never mm-hmm. seen a movie where it's just black people. We're never in magazine covers. We're never in like, you know, we're never in nothing. Even novelas, soap operas, which is like one of the biggest things in the Latino industry. 
you don't see us. And when you do is when they're doing something about like slaves or you're like the rapist or you're like the drug addict or you're everything that's not positive. And that really made me feel like if God has blessed me with such a big platform where when Mm -hmm. I talk, people actually bother to listen, then I need to use this to not only promote my music and all the great things that I do, but also open doors and break barriers for other people like myself. You get the opportunity to be on this reality show, which is uber famous and it's going to send you into a different trajectory in terms of the kind of money you make that the the money you make the access you get how people will see you and know you do you take this opportunity when you audition do you take this opportunity to say this can change my career for better for worse of course what i think that's the only reason we do this show so tell me how you saw it and how this was going to be your way to reintroduce yourself, if you will, activism and all. Did I think that Love and Hip Hop would change my life? Of course. You know, that's the reason why I got on the show. Did I know too much about the show? No, because I've always been very cha-cha. I've always been like very Latina. Like in my house, we only speak Spanish. You know, um, we don't listen to English music. We don't. It's a very Latino, you know, house. And then being on the show, it was like, have you ever seen the show? I'm like, no, but I've heard about it. And I know that. Cardi B at the t- at that time, she had just, you know, made her momentum. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, I do know about it. Would you like to participate? I'm like, of course. What I got to do? Just be yourself. All right. Anything that you would have done differently now that you've been on the show for a minute? Yes, for sure. I would have never exposed my personal life. My personal life as far as romantically. I would have never. I would have never. I would have never. Let me hear you. Let me make sure I hear you correctly. You would have never. I just want to make sure I got that right. (laughs) Sometimes people can be so judgmental when you watch, when you see other people's, uh, when you see celebrities and stuff go through it on social media, we use other people's life as entertainment for ourselves. We can be so easy to judge someone's marriage, someone's relationship, someone's way of, you know, raising their children, whatever, based off the little information that we get on social media without seeing the whole you know, the whole story, the whole spectrum without seeing everything that occurred. And we also have to understand things like this. Like we may film for hours, for days, weeks, months. All of this gets edited into like two minutes, three, because it's not the Amada show. You know, everybody has their own segment. So so you missed everything that was said before that made me react this way because you only get to see the reaction, the ending, next story. And sometimes, you know, it gets a little bit difficult. Um, People can judge you based off a couple of minutes that they can see on a negative perspective. Um, It can put a lot of pressure in your relationship because now you've exposed a part of your life where people now feel, well, if you've exposed it, we have the rights to give opinions or comment or whatever. And it doesn't just go off social media. It could be you could be out in the street and people will come to you. Oh, because you said this and and it's like, whoa. You decide how much you want to give out. I'm going to give this much. I'm going to give this much of myself to you. So if you decide to give 100% of your career, your life, your singing, your acting, all your ambitious ambitions and pursuits, I feel like that's enough. We don't have to give any more. Right. Last season on the show, uh, well, the season before, I had exposed, you know, a relationship mm-hmm. of mine publicly, which I definitely regret. I should have done that. Um, and I won't get into details. I just feel that cer- certain things should have stayed at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also understand that this is still a reality TV show mm-hmm. where things may occur. Now, I don't feel bad 
it's a domino effect. I already have my my you know my new partner, right? It sounds weird. I don't know how to say this, but <laughs> I get it. My I get it. my new man. Um, you know, I had him on the show, and uh, it wasn't bad. But now I understand. You just shouldn't. why? Why shouldn't you? If you really love someone, if you really sh- if you really love someone, you should protect them because. Once you put them in the spot, it's not already as if there isn't enough people out there trying to come for the situation. But once you put you, oh, this is your man. Oh, we all going to come. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like people just want to see, they want to see you be unhappy. They want to see, either they want, they want to see the love story. But once the love story is there, they can't wait till that love story falls apart. So it could be entertaining. It's like watching a live movie. Like, oh my God, we're going to help build them. Oh my God, this is so romantic. This is so beautiful. I love it. Okay, so what's going to happen? Is he going to cheat? Is she going to cheat? Oh my God, something has to happen. Like, they're going to get a divorce. It's over. Yes, this is so great. Let me have something to write about on Instagram. We've become into this toxic ass society as a whole where we can't just enjoy and be grateful to see, you know, happy homes. You now are very vocal about being a mom. The first thing when I tell people I was interviewing, like she just had twins, right? That's the first thing. I am a thing. mother. A mother. A mother. Talk to me about how that changed you as a human. It has changed me so much in every aspect. Um, physically, I've changed. <laughs> of course. Okay, well, how about this? Before I got pregnant, I was really, really skinny. And um, because I was real thick at one point, then I got real skinny. And then now that I have my babies during the pregnancy, I looked skinny. It was just tummy. But, you know, now I got thick again. My hips came in. My booty came in. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying my body has definitely, you know, gone through transformation. And my spirit has also I, I understand now more than ever. One thing is for them to explain it to you and another one is to live it. There is no way that you can explain the love that you have for your child. I understand that now because I thought I knew. Now I know that I am willing to give my life, my everything to protect my, my children, my girls. Um, I am more, I've always been loving, but I am more n- nurturing. I've always been nurturing, but it's just different. I think that now I'm a little bit more forgiving uh, I just, nothing matters anymore. Like, like if I would have an argument with you, I'm like, why are we arguing? It doesn't even matter. Like you are irrelevant to me because I have my children. So whatever. I am blessed to be able to also have my mother in this process of my life. Cause that was one of my biggest fear. My mom has so many health issues and everybody knows that my mom is my ride or die. And we're so, so close and so tight. That I was afraid that if I got so caught up in my career, which has been my biggest thing, I would be so focused to the point that maybe later on, I wouldn't even be able to have kids. Like it happens to many successful women. And I was like, it's, it's here. There's no perfect timing. There's no perfect timing. Cause I was like, well, after I do my investments, after I have, when I pay off my house, nope. when I do this, there's no perfect timing. Your kids are going to come when they're going to come. And you just have to put on your big girl panties and push through and make it happen. And, I'm here now and I'm loving, I'm loving it so much. I become even closer to my mother now. I understand and love her even more for all the sacrifices that she did for me, which now as a mother, I'm starting to understand. I'm just definitely in a different place. It just makes you mature. It, you know, it makes you grow the fuck up. 
By the way, that is the realest thing you ever said. Speaking from one woman to the next, there's never the right time. Have them. It's never the right time. And two, grow up. I'm afraid to grow up. I don't want to grow up. <laughs> but that's so honest of you. So when you, when you look towards the future and what you want and what you want to accomplish for yourself, what does that look like? I am in a place in life right now where, where life really matters to me. Reality really matters to me. Hmm. Reality is my reality when I close the door of my house. This is reality to me. And this is what that this is becoming my biggest priority to me before it was about looking good for society, looking good for my fans, which I love you guys so much. <laughs> um, you know, I was so busy. I was raised to do everything for the people. I am a giver by nature. I give my talent. I give my personality. I give my charisma. I give my humor. Like my job as an entertainer is to give. I could be upset, but my job is to transform who cares if you have your period and you're, and you're hurt? Who cares if you are stressed out? Who cares what you're going through? Snap out of it. Get it together. Go out there and attain the people. Do what you got to do. When you come back, you know, do whatever it is. Right. My life has always been like, you know, be focused on that. And now I am doing a quick change where I'm like, I am going to focus on that. But preparing my foundation and making sure that it's solid means so much more to me now than it did before. Making sure that my connection with my mom is as tight as possible, that we're spending time together, that you know that I am the best daughter that I can be to you, that I love you, that I care for you. I don't want to wait till it's too late. I think I've done a great job so far, but I don't want to wait till it's too late. A lot of people wait till it's too late to then be like, I should have been there. I should have done this. My children, I want to be the best mother I can be. I understand that I have to go out and work. The type of mommy that God blessed you with is a different type of mom. You know, mommy may not always be here at all times, you know, and I'm sacrificing for you so that later on you don't have to go through it. Um, and I'm still going to make you go through it so you understand. But, <laughs> but I'll be right there. Uh -huh. uh, I want to be a wife. You know, I want to do those things. And and then at the same time, I want to be so solid in my personal life that I can feel fearless when I go back on stage. When you have love at home and you feel solid, work is just like, I'm gonna go work, I'm gonna go do my thing, but I know when I go home, I got my man, I got my babies, I got my mom, you know, everything's good, we're gonna Netflix and chill, like, you know, I wanna have those things. Amen. You want it all. And by the way, you can have it all, but just maybe not all at the right time or it doesn't always fit in, but you can have my it all. real estate. My real estate is doing all great. I want to continue to do it. more and more of that. I'm a big believer in generational wealth, which I feel that as as uh, as minorities, I'll just speak overall as minorities. We should talk more about those things, which we don't because we're so busy with the today and the now. I may not wear all the name brands all the time and I'm OK with that. But guess what? I got mad real estate in the Dominican Republic. I own acres. I, I have a lot of things. And I'm super chill, super laid back. Ah, I don't even have to be in the way. Because later on, y'all's going to be so raggedy. I'm just going to be there like, like <laughs> I, told I told you not to do it. Gems so. from America. Like, you're like, so let me tell you how y'all got to win. Because this is what yes. I'm doing. Yes. I'm with you. I'm with you with all of it. Um, how can how can our um, listeners be able to follow you outside of the show? What What do you want people to know to look out for? Well, definitely look out for a new music of Amara La Negra. I definitely want to get back into the studio. And I have so much that I've been holding in for the longest time. So definitely new music, cosmetic line, Eternal Beauty by Amara La Negra. I've been working on it forever. It will be coming out this new season on Love and Hip Hop Miami. Um, Royalty Empress Collection. 
I actually am going to be launching a collection of baby clothes for my girls. Hey. I'm starting them off very early. My little baby entrepreneurs. Um, my real estate, uh, you can guys, you can check it out at Amada Airbnbs on Instagram. Um, I have a children's book. My second edition it. of Amarita's Way is Say No to Bullies. So that's available on Amazon and also on Barnes and Nobles. Um, you know, I do all sorts. Listen, I am getting generational wealth with different different streams of revenue. I am a fan of it. Have ten jo- I had 20 jobs. I will get 20 yes. more if need be. I don't, I, yes. I'm here for it. I'm here for while it. You, while you got the energy and while you're young, mama, this is the time to sacrifice to do it all. So later on, we can be fabulous i want all my money still fabulous still true i want all my money i want all my money yes all of it all of it i agree where is the money i want my change i want my change we'll see how it all works by the way of course stay tuned for the second season of exactly amada on iHeartRadio. super excited of my podcast super excited to come back to you guys with some more of amada la negra and my sessness and all my rudeness and obviously you already know Stay tuned for Living Hip Hop Miami on VH1, y'all. Yeah, 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 y'all know. Y'all know where to find. Y'all know where to <laughs> find me when y'all can. Yeah. When y'all can't find me, y'all know where to find me. I'm gonna tell you why you're a star. Your authenticity is refreshing and real, and it's 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 not common. So thank you for being so honest with us on the Brown Print. We appreciate it. Amen. Thank you so much, and I'm so grateful uh, to be here with you. I also think that you're a beautiful uh, oh. woman who inspires many of us, oh, and I I'll love the fact it. that you're using your platform to uplift other women like myself and I'm so grateful for that that's all I care about that's all I care about thank you thank you thank you so at the end of each podcast I like to give you all takeaways takeaways that I think are important and she said a few things that really hit home Sometimes you have to just deprogram and educate the people around you. She's speaking on being an Afro-Latina. I didn't really notice this until we sat down to talk, but there are very few faces when it comes to being an Afro-Latina. She's proud, she's public, and she shares that story with so many people. And that, to me, is impressive. Secondly, take care not to share too much of your personal life with the world. Save some things for yourself. Speaking uh, personally, I always go out of my way to make sure that I keep what's near and dear to me to myself. It is so difficult when you have any type of platform to decide what to give to the public and what not to give to the public. Unfortunately, we live in a time where we think we should share all, and that is not the case. If it's near and it's dear to you and you love and you care about it, as she said, you take care of it. And that may mean it isn't for y'all. Sorry, but that's just the truth. Last but not least, don't sweat the drama. Focus on your goals and work hard towards them. She learned this lesson when she gave birth to her twins. Nothing else really mattered but her children and the people that she loved around her, what she created, her her nucleus. And at the end of the day, you realize everything else will just fall by the wayside. Really important lessons from a lady who's still figuring it out, and I respect her so much for her truth and her authenticity. I hope that you've enjoyed this edition of The Brown Print. Talk next week. So that's it for this week's episode of The Brown Print. Let's keep this conversation going online. That's where you can keep it a buck, as the kids say. Follow us on Instagram at The Brown Print Podcast or on Twitter at Brown Print Pod. Follow me, Carrie Champion, on IG and Twitter. Just at my name, Carrie Champion. And if you enjoyed this episode, which I'm sure you will, share it with your friends and family and help spread the word. We'd greatly appreciate it also if you showed us some love by leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. Only positive reviews, please. 
The Brown Print is a Gallery Media Group original production.